Hello and welcome to a live Kerfeffy break on Deep Program with Carrie Smith. I'm your host, Carrie Smith. We are we are airing on a not regular day. We're airing on a Tuesday because I've been traveling a lot. I was in New York this past weekend, um, got home at 3 a.m. And we're doing this makeup show because so much happened. So uh, if, if you guys were following along with uh, the MindsFest tweets and posts that people were putting out, I was there for MindsFest at the Beacon Theater. Got to hang out with uh, my guest today. And then on Sunday, we went to... New York City Pride, a big group of us. And so we're gonna we're just gonna talk about all that today. I don't really have a lot of announcements other than if it's your first time here, please consider liking and subscribing. This is a relatively new channel and some people find their way here for, through the algorithm. Um, and uh, what else? Thursday, I've got an interview that's gonna be coming out with George the Giant Slayer. So I hope you guys will tune in for that. Okay, please welcome. Oh, why aren't they coming up? Here they are. Ah, there they are. Daniel and Brentley from Dangerous Rhetoric. Hello, guys. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah. What a crazy uh, weekend we had. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just left your place. I did you just leave You did just leave our place. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we split, what was it, around like noon yesterday? So it's been like 25 hours. Yeah. And you just got back today, right? This morning. I got back. There were delays because of storms. I got home to my house at three in the morning, but Oof. I billboard Chris just now got home. What a so, trooper. Yeah. He's a real trooper. Yeah. Um, so I'll just tell people we had, so first of all, thank you for letting me stay with you. I was there for, we all went to minds fest. They had an incredible lineup. It was uh, people like Zuby, Cornell West, uh, our friend Libby Emmons uh, and Chrissy Mayer and, Tim Poole and and then there were lots of people who came. Uh, Seamus from Freedom Tunes was there. Alex Stein was there, um, and, and just getting to connect with all these people in person—it's always great. There are lots of people from some people from the chat here on Deprogrammed who I got to meet up with in the lobby. And uh, if you're here today, hello. And it, it was just a great time. Got to see you, Mikey Harlow, like uh, tons of people. So. Yeah, it's nice to have that that personal connection to to gather in a space where you know all these sort of things can pop off and conflict and have the ideas just like spoken aloud, even if you're not allowed to, you know, always speak as as loudly or as uh, precisely as you want on uh, the digital mediums. Yeah, it was it was honestly an honor to be there at that event. Um, it felt like one of those historical moments. I'm like, this feels important. Um, Obviously, I'm sure Minds is going to keep doing that. Um, I, I can't see the platform not continuing to grow, especially after having an event like that, which I thought was quite successful. So we'll see. I think they're going to be doing those those sorts of things every year now, and I look forward to that. But being able to be there was, like I said, a real honor. Brent and I were like fanboying the whole time, <laughs> seeing people that we've only like ever seen online, and you know, met a couple of them too. So that was really really awesome. Yeah, Coleman Hughes was there, the comedian Jamie Kilstein, Tulsi Gabbard, got to say hello to Tulsi. Um, who else? I mean, it was just, you're right. It, it was just, I think it felt like, it did feel like a historic moment because you have all these all these different people, different points of view, but everyone agreeing that that we should come together and have discussions. Even when we have disagreements, Destiny was there. He's usually there representing the left. Yeah. Uh, there were some other, oh, what was that woman, Margaret? 
Margaret Kimberly was her name. She was amazing. Now she's what you would call, I, I so want to get her on my show. She's what you would call a classic, what I call classic, like an actual progressive. Yeah. And probably might call herself a socialist. I'm not sure. She's a true lefty, but she's she, not woke. She identified as being on the left, I recall there. But yes, yeah. yeah, I liked her because she was very, very adamant in her stance um, in pro-free speech. And just, you know, her approach was just at, just let people say what they want to say and, you know, let let the, the discourse happen in an open way. And I agree with that because me, frankly, like, I don't know. I would kind of rather have the actual bigots feel like they can just say stuff because then at least I know who you are and then I can address that, you know, address those ideas in the public sphere with better ideas. Right. And that that's how we that's how we grow. But to just shut down discourse or to block ideas that you don't like, um, you know, I don't think anyone on the right or left should be OK with that. She was the older lady, right? With the uh, the gray dreads. The gray dreadlocks, yeah. She, she was, was very pretty. awesome. She was like a breath of fresh air. It's so nice to see unwoke liberals. She, she <laughs> didn't talk enough. That was my only complaint is that I, I wanted to hear more from her. I wish I had, you know, that they gave her a little more time or maybe that she like spoke up more. I don't maybe know. Maybe we'll get her, we'll get her on Carrie's I, I feel like she didn't talk enough. I didn't get to hear enough from her. Yeah, I, I was talking to her backstage not knowing who she was. We were just talking about gentrification she was talking about harlem i was talking about austin and you know just changing cities and we had a good you know you have good conversations with people without even you don't have to know their background i got the sense talking to her she might be a lefty but it didn't matter we still have things we can agree on and just disagree on and then seeing her on the panel i was like oh this woman she rules also what's his name was there um uh from the the babylon b the uh, founder that's dylan yeah that's dylan, dylan. It's funny. He's, he had me laughing. <laughs> He's <yeah>. really <laughs> James O'Keefe, also really good. Really funny. James O'Keefe. Yeah. Oh, and there's a little Easter egg here for the the knitters. I noticed. I took a picture of it and put it online. James O'Keefe was wearing green socks. So just everybody be aware. <laughs> yeah. I love. I loved those socks because like, <laughs> green's my favorite color. So when I saw them, I'm like, yeah, James, get it. I'd wear them. <laughs> I don't think, I think Danielle did not. I didn't, I, did I explain to you the inside tea with the green socks? I did not. Oh. Yeah. That. Never mind. I'll tell you later. I just liked them because they were green. I didn't know there yeah. was tea here. There is no tea. It's That's the thing. Is they're just they're just green socks. But, <laughs> sure. but there's this whole, uh, one in one of the minor SJW wars in the knitting Instagram world, there was this whole meme that was created about how green socks are racist. So, <laughs> Epe is is that the reason? It does not the reason. It doesn't matter. It was just stupid. That's it was a, I think so of. that's the joke. That's okay. the joke. So, um, and then and then there was one. Of, oh, Daryl Davis was there. Yes. Daryl Davis. So yeah. that that panel discussion was actually my favorite of all of them, and they were all outstanding, but. I don't know. For some reason, I felt like the discussion about race in America was like the most significant. Because it was Daryl Davis, Coleman Hughes, and, and, Cornel, and West. Cornel West. And I like, you know, I like how they kind of had Daryl moderating because he does feel like he'd probably be more in the middle position between the two. I know Coleman leans a little more conservative um, in his views, and we all know Col uh, Cornell West is, you know, very traditionally on the left. Anyone who knows him, he's, I mean, he's quite famous. So just seeing him speak was an honor too. And, you know, his very traditional preacher style, the way he's up there. And he really is an orator. That guy knows how to um, 
command an audience, that's for sure. But that discussion I felt was really fruitful. It was important. Um, you know, I, I felt like it got like the biggest standing ovation too afterward. Yeah. yeah. It was it was that one was great. I loved I loved the one after it with the the Babylon B guy and oh, and then there was that singer from Mumford and Sons. I forget his the, name. The first panel. It was um Winston. Um Winston, yeah. <sighs> Forgetting right now. Mumford he was great because they were asking him and Blair White was on that panel. They were asking him about his cancellation. And he said, well, actually, and I didn't, I, this, this resonates with me. He said, well, I wasn't technically canceled because I canceled myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I decided to leave my band so I could yeah. say what I want, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Winston Marshall. Winston and, yeah. He was, he, I was actually really glad he was on the panel too, because I feel like, that subject is not discussed enough like musicians and how the woke affects the music world <laughs> it's something we've talked about on the show before especially with, in regards to the mandates and the lockdowns you know a lot of bands had to make these really hard choices to get the shots to tour or to not so those sorts of things uh and i remember his story i remember when when that happened and it, and it ended up in the press and all that because he tweeted about andy no's book which is crazy <laughs> can you believe it <laughs> yeah. So we are, uh, Mikey Harlow is supposed to be joining us, but Where's we decided, Mikey? come on, Mike. I'm we singer. decided we'd start without him and let him join in. So we had this amazing experience at Mindsfest. Billboard Chris was there. Like I said, there were just a ton of people. So the next day on Sunday, it was New York Pride Parade. And <laughs> Alex Stein, said he was going down there billboard chris uh mikey and i had been planning on going you guys so we all decided just to go together and have a big group and um and we put on billboard chris brought anybody that's not familiar with him i have an interview with him i know you guys do as well he's the dad who travels the country and the u.s and canada with these billboards that he wears and he challenges gender ideology when it as it comes as it as it uh, collides with children i guess i would say so he has signs that say things like children cannot consent to puberty blockers or uh, gender ideology does not belong in schools and he tries to talk to people at events like this at university campuses so he had extra billboards we put some on we all went down do you guys want to play a little of the footage from your video that's being released today? Yeah, Brent Scott. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to queue it up or you guys want I, I put Brent it in there. Scott's I didn't know what I wanted to share. It's like a 14-minute video. There's the uh, the two and a half minutes between uh, Chris and that one guy. Actually, that's a, good, that's a good little slice. Why don't we just play that little one? Okay. Can you share your screen? That way you can show exactly what parts of it you want to show. Yeah. Let me see here. Um, so, Cole... You guys give Cole a big hand. He's here helping us today. Cole, we're gonna let just let Brentley show this one himself. That way he can um, he can direct it. Echo. That's the only thing I'm worried about. So Teresa. if you guys are not already subscribed to Dangerous Rhetoric. Oh yeah, sub please. Seriously, we need it. <laughs> we don't even have yeah. a thousand. Yeah, almost come on, guys. We're almost you gotta, so, you gotta get to a thousand so that you can get monetized and then demonetized. Yeah, um, it's gonna happen. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna. Yeah. I just want to read Teresa's comment. She said Mikey's doing his hair, and that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try this without the system audio and see if it works. 
play this one. So they're going to be putting this full video out later today on their channel. Oh. And I'm just pulling up your channel. Oh, yeah. You guys are at 591 subscribers. Come on. We can get I you know. to at least 600 during this. It's, well, it's, it's almost sad. <laughs> it's not sad. Shut up. No, <laughs> no, no. But this is good. I was on, good. Uh, good. When I started my new channel a few months ago, I went on Chrissy Mayer's show. And they were they did this. They were like, let's get her to such and such. Okay. So yeah. let's set a, I like to set reasonable goals. Let's say we can add nine people. Nine yeah, people in the chat. Go subscribe. That's definitely <laughs> Say get us to a thousand. Oh my god, get us to a thousand. We gotta do more of these on the stream. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, so it I should mean, show. It should be able to work now. Um, let me see. The only billboard. You guys, did you guys hear that? I heard. I can that. hear it. You can hear it. Okay. So then I think if you can hear it, then the stream can hear it. And we should. With the one, the only billboard, Chris. We're out here at the Pride Parade, New York City, 2022. It's wild. How do you feel today with this sign? Are you nervous, Chris? No, it's beautiful. It's peaceful. I've got friends out with me for almost two years. I've been standing by myself on street corners in the freezing cold winters of Canada. So for me, this is like a dream come true. I've got lots of support today, and we're having conversations and we're getting the truth out there. It's hot. We're having. <laughs> These guys right here, back here, watch. They walk by. They look at the sign. They do like a double take. Street corners in the freezing cold. On the right side. Look, look, look. So for me, this is like a dream come Wait, true. I've got lots again. of support today, and we're having conversations Some and we're getting the truth out bros, there. It's too. hot. We're having fun. It's actually a little fun. We're going to see. I don't see a lot of kickback. You know, some people are arguing with you, but really, I think I was surprised you're actually getting some support, more support. So where does that come from? Where does the support That's come from, Chris? A lot of the gay and lesbian community does support me. A lot don't because they haven't just put enough thought into this issue yet because this entire ideology teaches that stereotypes define what sex or gender you are. So a lot of gay men, when they were growing up, a lot of them had gender dysphoria. They didn't feel right in their bodies because they were more feminine. But they grew up and they discovered that they were beautiful gay men. But if they were growing up today, they'd be told that maybe they were a girl trapped in a boy's body and that they should be medicated. So they get it. Yeah, whatever happened to kids having phases? Yeah. Do you know that to say you're a dad is actually a gender ideology? <laughs> to do anything that is gender marked is gender ideology. So you're not saying there shouldn't be gender ideology. You're saying there should be a specific gender ideology that you agree with. And that's why you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> A dad? What is a dad? It could be anyone who sort of acts in a fatherly way to a kid, but do you see that's actually an ideology? Do you know what a circular definition is? No, uh, totally, but I didn't give you a circular definition. You Wait, you're dad. saying a dad is a gender? Is that what you're saying? A dad is a gender? Dad gender. that you gender something, there's ideology behind it. And if you don't get that part, that's where you're wrong. And yeah, what but, you're afraid of wait, so is that saying, a kid might actually understand that they are not what people are telling them they're supposed to be because of the genitalia, and you all can't handle that. And that's an ideology. So if you're saying there should be no ideology, then there should be no gender markers on any kid in school. There should be no bathroom divided by gender. That's all ideology. So I'm just saying, at least own up to the fact that your term gender ideology is bullshit. Thank you. So there is pushback. Did you hear that, Brent? Well, we got a little pushback. We got a little pushback. <laughs> we're at Pride. It's done. We're Can having fun. Just so you know, if, if you base where you go to the bathroom on whether or not you have a penis or a vagina, guys, that is gender ideology. There's, that's just an ideology. There's nothing well, there so, to base that on at all. Sort of like the unspoken <laughs> argument that that gentleman was making was that everything is sort of relative. That, you know, 
that everything is a gender yeah. ideology. Yeah. And this is it's postmodernism. It's what they do. They, exactly. They don't. He doesn't really want to discuss the particulars. He just wants to say you're doing the same thing, and it's a lot of projection. Because, you know, he's like, that's a gender ideology. It's like, no, dude, that's the way we've been doing it forever. <laughs> but they also want to separate, they want to separate gen what they call gender from biological sex. And they want to pretend like, okay, let's say they're calling, you know, calling a man who's a father, a dad, that that's a part of gender ideology. Yes. It's also based on biology. Yeah. It's not just a gen. It's not just something we made up. It is based on a biological fact that this is a man who produced sperm that combined with an egg who produced a child and he is the father of that offspring like that is also based on biology <laughs> so it's crazy we have to like say it in like these really like simple almost dumbed down terms it's like this is supposed to be common sense shit like that everyone in society has a grasp of it's where, where are we heading man this is well, it, oh God. it's just this whole idea that it's like, you know, it's the same thing we've seen with all leftist arguments. It's they just argue semantics. He's like, oh, that's a gender ideology too. <laughs> and then he just does <laughs> a lot of hand motions and a lot of like, and you know, Chris kind of just like throws it back at him. He's like, well, what is a dad? And he's like, you know, he, he pointing out that the whole thing is just one big tautology. It's just one big, you know, bubble and any little like pushback and it just kind of pops and that's why he just like said his piece and walked away. Play the end. Another, the other thing about that man before you hit play, um, there were several people filming at different points. You guys were filming at some points. Billboard Chris was filming. Sometimes Alex was filming. And I know Mikey's also cutting together a video where that man came back and he talked to us yeah. more. And at one point he called 12-year-old <laughs> girls. He called them 12-year-old women. Oh, and, okay. and I know Mikey's looking for that clip. I think it might be Alex who has it. But yeah. he said he was basically talking about how 12 year old women should be able to choose to have their breasts cut off. He called them women. Yeah, that's, oh, that's creepy. Freudian slip? Freudian slip, Freudian oh. slip perhaps? I don't know. I check mean, his hard drive. Check his hard drive. I mean, he seemed like an older gay man, though. I, I wouldn't think he would be into little girls. Could be. You know, you never know. I don't know. Yeah. That That is strange, though. I think Predators does, like to camouflage themselves. I think it does say But play the end really quick. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the end was funny because of what he says to Bill Chris. <laughs> Get more pushback, Chris. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm not going to but I'm going to get through to a lot of people that just don't know anything that's going on. And they want to sexualize our children. We just want to protect our children. That's all it is. That's right. Because there's no right way to be a boy or a girl. If the boy's more effeminate, if a girl's more masculine, that's fine. We shouldn't be sterilizing children to help them be who they truly are. That's it. I like how he's like, I hope we get more pushback, Chris. And then Chris just kind of looks at him like, uh, uh yeah, Chris, sure. <laughs> Chris has been attacked, you know? So like in his head, he's probably like, no, I don't want any more pushback than Let's that. See. Now, where's the other Chris one? has had his arm broken. Yeah. At oh, we're at 600. These. Thank you, chat. Oh shit, we did it. Y'all are sweet. Thank you so much. We're gonna set a new goal by the end of the stream. We're gonna get to six hundred one. I'm just kidding. We're gonna get <laughs> one thousand. Shoot, no, I don't know how to find the since it's unlisted. I have to go find it. Wait, what are you looking for? The um... the longer footage video. Yes. You guys, do you have a yes. do you have a subscribe star yet or a Patreon where people can support your, your videos and if they want to? 
So uh, we have uh, I have we have a subscribe star, but I don't really think it's the best way to do being it. set up. It's not. We haven't like really set up like tiers uh, for people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I like to set not when when I first set it up. I like to set up real. Like I said, reason I was like let's let's just try to get five dollars this month. If we can hit five dollars, <laughs> little goals. You got to start small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we have gotten some donations from people though to like okay. PayPal and Venmo and stuff, and just not like monthly things, but just chunks of money, and that's really cool. And some of, some of that has been from like strangers, which is really weird. I'm not used to that. <laughs> people I don't even know, you know, wanting to support what we do is it's 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 going to take a while for that to kind of settle in. So here's another interaction which was interesting. Um, this was between Chris and some. Uh, some zoomers. Oh yeah, these okay. actually have, they do have a bit of so a back and forth, but <laughs> well, just it's whatever. Not zoomers. I actually travel North America having conversations about the harm coming to kids. Do you have children? I do. You don't hang out with your children. No one's being harmed. Yeah, of course. You no don't hang out with your children. You know what is it doing you to know? anyone? How is it harming anyone? That's well, I'm here specifically talking about the child abuse of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries on children. Okay, it's funny because the amount of people who detransition is so fucking low, and meanwhile they start super young. <laughs> and this guy, this cat here on the right, watch him. face. Look at Nicki Minaj is the queen of rap. <laughs> Such a huge contribution to discussion. Yeah, we shouldn't be blocking you. <laughs> okay, great. that's your opinion. Who you has statistics? About what? How I have all sorts of stats. So we don't even have numbers on that because there's no follow-up with these kids. That's because there's no follow-up done. There's never been a clinical trial. There's never been a randomized control trial. There's no science to this. It's entirely an experiment on kids. The drug that's given to kids has never been approved by the FDA. We have progressive countries like Sweden and France and Finland, which have stopped this practice. Okay, but if we're going to talk, we got to let each other finish the sentence. Can we do that? All right. doesn't follow. I have a question, though. Okay. So, your child expresses the need to, the desire to want to be, be a boy, to transition to a boy. You, as a father, as a human being, would you do anything to make your child like, happy? Now he's talking to me, and I don't, I don't switch. I pause and explain. There's no way that a girl transitions to a boy. That's called being delusional. And no, okay. I wouldn't give my kids drugs to try to change their sex. That's, that's your thought on it? That's right. Yeah. Right. Can you pause it? Can you yeah. pause it? So he says, uh, no, I would not give my child drugs to try to transition their sex. And she says, so yes. that's your thought on it, as if there's something wrong with that. I mean, this again, I just want to remind people, it is not, it should not be controversial that that we, that a parent would not want to give a drug that was intended for prostate cancer to their child. It, and as he, as he pointed out, Lupron, Lupron is not FDA approved for gender transition, for, for puberty blocking. It, we are experimenting. That's what the word means. We are in this period of experimentation, of giving it to children to see what happens to them. And in some cases, it sterilizes them. And so for her to react, the way that, the way that this has become normalized and so quickly become normalized, such that a, a young woman like this can react as if he's the crazy one for not wanting to give a drug to his child, that's... That's a, it's a weird place that we're in culturally right now. Yeah, it's very um, unusual. And th these are young people, you know, these are definitely like probably college freshmen, maybe even high school seniors. I don't know. They strike me as very young, just the way they talk to. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like what you said is correct that it's moved very quickly because just 10 years ago, I don't think it was controversial to say the things that we're saying now. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't remember this. I don't remember this huge um, conflict happening in our culture in 2012 about any of this stuff. You know, we were, you know, it was, Occupy was still going on. Everyone was fighting about class issues and stuff like that. And fast forward 10 years. Well, I mean, this is the main. Flowers has it in the chat. The poor yeah. kids have been brainwashed. They, like they've yeah. been, they haven't really been exposed to these ideas. And this is why this work is really, really important because it gets to places, it gets in front of people's eyes who haven't seen it because, you know, their social media, they don't come across this stuff. You know, they don't think that they, they don't think about these issues. They don't hear about these yeah. issues or, or, or they only get a very peripheral exposure, which is why, you know, we saw the people that would come up to us and be like, so what, what's this about? And they would ask questions and they would listen and we'd have like an actual back and forth. That was, you know, that's just one little, you know, blip of awareness that's being increased in somebody's mind. It's like, this is happening to kids. Like, hello. <laughs> well, being younger, they probably also know someone who is going through that, right? Or considering yeah. themselves. Or considering so they're thinking so, of their friend and, you know, in their head, they're just like, oh, well, my friend is helping them. But it's like, how old is your friend? And do you really know if it's helping your friend? And what are they going to be like five years from now, 10 years from now? It's like, but I think young minds like theirs, they're not even thinking that far ahead yet. And how many of us were at that age? Probably not. Yeah. Many. I just want to read. Thank you, sir, for the super chat. SO gives us a super chat of five bucks. Oh, thanks. Just with some thumbs up. There you go. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, some of the conversations I was having were not captured on camera. One was captured, but the mic wasn't working. Um, oh, but yeah. but I will say on the positive side, I had two, I would say, that were really good. And the other three, the other four were, were interesting in, in their own way. But But the way that I was, everybody has their own approach. The way I was approaching was I was asking them this question, trying to get them to think. I would say, so in our society, we... We agree as a society that there are certain things we we allow adults to do that we don't allow children to do like and I would kind of do this and they would start naming like sex or smoking or drinking or shooting guns and, and tattoos, you know, things that we have said, we're going to set these things aside if your child shouldn't be able to do these yet. So. I don't believe that we should be allowing children to decide, make these permanent medical decisions, elective medical decisions that will sterilize them or cut off body parts before they're an adult. And so I would kind of start there. And the interesting thing was when framed that way, there were two people who eventually came around and were like, okay, I can agree with that. They were shocked by the way, because they assume a lot of things about you. So that th one of them was like, so you don't care you think it should be legal for adults to have, have, you know, change their sex through surgery. I was like, sure. I don't, they're adults. The, this is about children. So, so they kind of agreed on that. But what was interesting is the one woman, I told you guys about this. There was one woman who in order to be intellectually consistent, she said, well, I don't think there's anything that we should tell kids they can't do that adults do. And I was like, even sex with adults. She's like, if they choose to do it, if the child chooses to have sex with an adult. Yeah, it's concerning. Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Check the hard <Yeah>. drives. <laughs> For yeah. real. But I think it's because she knew, like, I think some people are, when they get to that point, they realize, well, in order to be consistent, I'm just going to go full hog. And that's well, what she did. 
and again, like this isn't these aren't new arguments. Like since like Foucault, um, they've been pushing this stuff consistently in the radical feminist, you know, gender ideology sphere. Like, and as Matt uh, Walsh talked about in his little documentary, like you know, Alfred Kinsey and um, John Money, the two big. Uh, researchers who pushed a lot of this segregation of gender and sex and this idea of transsexuality and transitioning, even including children, uh, mm -hmm. they were pedophiles. They were prolific pedophiles. And uh, their their work is still celebrated to this day. You know, Hollywood did a big, you know, had that big movie, Kinsey, if you like, I guess it was in like the mid nineties or late, late nineties. I can't remember when that movie came out, mm -hmm. but Liam Neeson played the lead role. It was a very, you know, happy you know, sexy tale of his exploits. They left the whole thing out about how he had a, a re whole research table on the number of uh, ejaculatory uh, experiences that young young uh, young boys could have. Like he had a whole table of that, and that's that's documented. Well, didn't it go all the way down to like babies infants. too? Infants, yeah. and it was basically documenting, I think, the orgasm or something. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. And the question is how. That that's that's abuse. Yeah. Like to get that. Like, how did you get that data? Either they, well, yeah. either they made it up or they abused a bunch abused of kids. kids yeah. Either way, it's still sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and he, you mentioned uh, Doctor Money. I don't he, think he was actually a doctor. I think he got like an honorary doctorate. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah I think that sounds situation. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one younger couple, a, a guy and a girl. I was talking to. They they. They were much more open-minded. They were willing to talk to me for a while. That's the one we got on camera, but the mic wasn't working. They, right. they, um, they didn't end up agreeing with me. They, they're still they're so far in this belief system, but they were at least thinking. And they and and you start if you just scratch the surface, you find out they don't know a lot of facts about. They don't know what the puberty blockers are called. That it's called Lupron. They don't know the effects of it. They just say because they've heard. They they just repeat. Oh, there's no permanent effects. It's completely reversible. That's not true. Look up Lupron. But they but they'll say these things and they didn't know who money was and they don't know the history of the term gender ideology and they don't know they just I I sort of, I hope in that kind of interaction if you have that kind of interaction with the person you're not going to change their mind right there right there on the spot maybe but the goal is to get them thinking about this stuff so they go and look it up later yeah. maybe planting some seeds definitely you're also like we're casting a little sunlight on these issues because how many people have heard of the Reimer twins and the tragedy of that family like that whole story was like just ridiculous and that's like the one kid that got transitioned very early because there was a circumcision accident <laughs> and the parents didn't know what to do so they the John money came along his name came up and then they transitioned the one twin boy never told him that he was actually a boy uh, grew up very confused uh, eventually in teens end up telling him that he's actually a boy. He tries to detransition. Um, and then, you know, he ultimately ends up, uh, I think he committed suicide and then his other brother, uh, died of a drug overdose. And then the father and the family also committed suicide. So it just shows you this, this tragedy that came from this guy. And this is the whole basis that this entire, you know, transgender ideology pyramid is, is, is constructed upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the barriers I found, probably it's got to be the main barrier with trying to communicate with these people who are very um, supportive of these practices is they do truly believe that they are the ones protecting the kids. They do, yeah. That we are the ones putting them in danger by not allowing access 
to these services. That's a it's a reversal. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Brian, it really strikes me. It reminds me of that that Bible quote. Is it like Isaiah five twenty? Yeah. It's the bitter for sweet and the, yeah, the dark for that. light. I'm like, but, you know, the reason I bring this up is just because a lot of these kids do threaten suicide, and I'm sure you know there's a handful where they mean it, and I'm sure there's a handful where maybe they don't mean it, and they're just using that in a way to to like pressure the parent into letting them get their way i don't know but actually i put a poll up yesterday which is doing pretty well it's got like 777 votes on it but i asked twitter i asked if your 12 to 17 year old child is threatening to that, don't say that end their lives <laughs> and wants to take puberty blockers as well as have their breasts or their penis removed would you go along with this as a parent and to please explain your answer if you can so so far it's at um 90.5 percent said no who answered um 7.3 percent said i'm not sure and 2.2 percent did say yes um, and I, I don't know how biased this is because, you know, it went to my following and right. most of my following are people who probably will say no, um, but it's being shared around. So I'm hoping it's getting other demographics as well. But I do find it interesting that of the 2.2% who said yes, none of those people who clicked yes, yes, volunteered to explain their answer on my thread for some reason. Go none on. of the yeses. Everyone who explained was, uh, I guess, either a no or an I'm not sure. But the answers are really interesting. So mm -hmm. Comforting to know, too, that most people do seem to not be okay with this. Brent, do you have more of this video you want to show, or do you want to save it for people to go watch it on your channel? Uh, it doesn't matter. We can we can go through some more. This one was interesting. This was the guy that shoved Chris. Like, he, you know, I, I didn't catch the whole thing, but... I just, you know, took some quick video just in case he came back with this gentleman here in the, uh, the, the blue sweaty shirt. He like nudged Chris and then apparently Chris said he hit my billboard too. I didn't notice. He was like, yeah, he tapped it. Um, I might, there's also that girl that jumped in my face and did her middle finger. Uh, yeah, got that. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. And that's the end here. And then. And then we're like having a good time. <laughs> and then it goes back into uh, Daniel talking to. We don't need that. That's just, you know, us. What's that? That's Ladies, talking bring a parasol if you're going to be out in the sun and men. And thank you guys for letting me use your umbrella. Don't, you don't, you don't want that skin damage being out in the sun all day of pride. <laughs> Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, I just went out there with my uh, uh and then I have you here. On if you want to see this, but you can carry. But that discussion agreed with me that children that children should be protected until they're eighteen. They said, Yeah, we should do what Finland and Sweden do once I said, and just wait until you're an adult before you make permanent medical decisions. I'm just smiling because I didn't expect two different people to eventually say, Well, yeah, okay, I can agree with that. And then that guy, of course, was a, a failure. But hey, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> and I'll just add to that. From my travels around North America, of course, it's going to be different in a crowd like today. But generally, more than nine out of 10 people agree with me. And wherever you go, even in a place like this, even on a university campus, you're going to find a lot of people that support this cause of ours. Because this really isn't a left versus right evil. This is about good versus evil. 
and people know that we shouldn't be sterilizing kids, stopping their development, stopping their future sexual function, and turning them into lifelong medical patients. And then I just took some like B-roll. Uh, <laughs> this is funny with the music and we're all walking. <laughs> yeah, so it's just us walking. And then the one last thing that we'll show is the, uh, the part where we get booed. This is fun. Oh yeah, show the booing. Yes, give me those views, honey. She was very mad. Sing it, honey. That's exactly what we're doing. Protect trans kids! Protect your trans kids! And the child and adolescent mental health therapist that I just want to say I'm gonna trans children. That's really concerning. Mutilating them. Mutilating? Do you know the signs of the three walkers? Do you know the signs? Yeah, when she said that, I was like, that's concerning. Are you serious? Fuck you. Are you serious? Get your shit out of New York. Yeah. We live here, sweetie. Cope. 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 We're gentrifying. You're gentrifying and colonizing. Because you, you don't agree with her. But if you did agree with her, you would she's not be a colonizer. She's still screaming. We're walking away. She's still going. Okay, so right here, if you pause it for a second. We had just come around. Now, I think Billboard Chris has this footage. We had just come around this area where people were sitting outside eating. We were looking for a restaurant. We were actually pretty much done. And um, and we ended up taking the billboards off. But as we came through here, she, like, riled up the crowd and was like, boo them. They're transphobes. Boo them. And the crowd starts booing. And and at one point, I felt like, because I had been joking earlier about being in Game of Thrones where you have to do the walk of shame. They're like, shame. Yes. And so it happened. There was a chorus of boos. And I, I was standing in the middle. I just started turning with my side. Like, hi. hi. I, love the, I love this part of the footage here because, like, Matt is also kind of like, he's just thrilled. He's like, they're booing us. He's like, happy. <laughs> like, they're, I'm getting booed. Well, <laughs> I, I asked Matt after. And uh, Matt, we should have him on tonight. Matt, Matt yeah. is also has a channel, and he he has been speaking out as a gay man against uh, transing kids yeah. online. But I asked him afterwards, um, you know, what was that like being being publicly booed and chained? And he said, not gonna lie, that it was really uncomfortable. But he said, because that hasn't, I haven't had. He he said, I haven't had that kind of experience in in real life where you can see people yet. I've just had it online. And um, it's uncomfortable. And one of the things he said that was interesting is because he's an empathetic person. He said, I don't want these people thinking that I'm trying to harm kids. And I know they think that he's like, I'm trying to help kids and it hurt. I don't want, I don't want to hurt these people, but then I have to remind myself they're wrong. Like, you know, I'm, and, and I know they think they're helping. I think I'm helping, but it's that human nature, I think of sort of, a crowd of people assuming the worst about you yeah. and just having to get past that and be like, that's okay if they assume the worst because it's not true. Yeah. It's like, I don't want them to see me as like this horrible, bad person. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you know, you're not, you're not. And people are going to think what they're yeah. going to think well, and you can't control it. 
groupthink is very powerful. And, you know, typically when it comes to like standing your ground on very important issues too, you're, you're not going to get cheered for it, you know, and, and any important time in history when people took a real stand, like an actual stand that mattered, they typically were not cheered for it. Typically yeah. they were in the minority and they were ridiculed and spat on and all that stuff. And it was only later that folks realized like, oh, they were yes. on the side of history. You know a lot of history, Daniel, so you probably know a lot of those examples. But yeah. I know I know a bit, you know, I definitely like, you know, amateur like to study history, Brett and I certainly like to uh, keep our library full of things to read. So Yeah. And that's basically yeah, it. Yeah, it's um, like a yeah. it's, the a struggle session is a good example. I wouldn't say this is as bad as this a struggle session. Like, no, well, a real a real struggle session would be, you know, they're they're like dragging us out of our home and stuff and, and actually parading us through the streets to shame us. We have not gotten to that point yet. And then I put credits. <laughs> our society <laughs> put credits. Yeah, it looks like the stupid thing interrupted them. Twitter is sort of like struggle session. Turn that though. off. So yeah, I'm gonna remove this. Here we go. Cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. You guys, again, you can find us on the Dangerous Rhetoric channel. I'm going to drop the link in the chat again. Please go and subscribe. Oh, yeah. We're um, yeah, uh, cool. Oh, wow, we got another seven. Whoa. Oh, my God. Thank you're you kicking guys. butt. This chat. <laughs> um, let me see here. Where is the I'll make it. I'll make it public so they can go. You guys, Daniel, you I saw you and Mikey were joking online about how your Mikey said that his Italian came out with a couple of those interactions. Um, my my uh, wait, I'm putting it in the chat right now. There we go. Oh, and there's that one video. I didn't put it in because it was on my phone that I recorded it, but the one with the two old men that were like screaming. Oh, yeah. yeah, those. That's where Mikey was like yelling back at them. My my tactic has just been. And this works for me, serves me well. And I, I, I just smile at them and let them hurl whatever abuse they want to at me. I think because if I were to yell back, I, I wouldn't be able to stop it. I would keep going. <laughs> so I just kind of, I'm like, and then they don't know, I, in my experience, they kind of don't know what to do because they're just hurling the invective and you're like, okay. And the one guy's like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, I am serious. Okay. Like, I have to say whatever. it in the Are you? Fucking serious? Oh my god! <laughs> I, yeah, can you can we talk a minute about pride in general and what it used to be, what it used to represent, the reason behind it, the history of it, and what it, it has it changed at all today? Do you feel like it's still th this this thought was sparked by a tweet of James Lindsay's that I saw and retweeted, and then. Uh, the past three or four days, I got ratioed. I had one of my comments got uh, thousands of uh, dunks and response, you know, responses by leftists who are really. Um, so, so you're getting all these notifications, and um, it's one of those times where, if I were a different person, I would be whining about it, like I'm being mauled. But I just, <laughs> I just ignored it. Um, but, but the the I was thinking about it because what I was what James Lindsay was saying is that. We need to start looking at these new rainbow flags, these new pride flags, as a uh, signs of a colonizing force. And and I retweeted that, and I said, I I kind of agree. I think I think now, pride has come to represent. So it's been cannibalized by social justice, and it's come to me. 
it represents if somebody's got one of those flags on, I'm going to take a shortcut. And in my assumptions, I'm going to assume they're a social justice warrior. It's not just about, I don't even think it's really about gay and lesbian people anymore. I think it's morphing. I think it's becoming less about equality for gays and lesbians. I think it's more about pushing this specific belief system that says that we need to divide everyone into identity groups and that life is a struggle for power between those identity groups. We need to treat people differently. That's what I think it is. So what do you guys think about it? No, definitely. I, it used to, you know, and you know, gay people have been, actually been complaining about the commercialization and the sort of like co-option of pride since like the eighties. Like it's, it's an ongoing, it's been an ongoing struggle. A lot of the original activists that were involved um, died of AIDS. And after that, it became very commercialized, very corporate. And now we have organizations like GLAAD and uh, all kinds of like big money interests that all just, you know, they get together and they, they turn it into this big extravaganza that has absolutely, you know, very little to do with, with gay and lesbian people. Now it's, it's all about like whatever the marginalized, first of all, they push people to the margins they, by labeling them marginalized. So it's this weird reversal where they claim that it's like, you know, conservatives or the moderates or like society that's doing it when it's actually them. And they, you know, imply that these people are inferior, that they need help, they need allyship, they need promotion, um, you know, they need jobs without, you know, having to have the same qualifications, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it is, it's this the very, it's like this neo-communism in this guise of, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion uh, it, it's basically just a big lie. And I, I hate that they're using, you know, gay stuff like gay culture as like the vehicle, but really it's been ongoing since RuPaul was really like promoted and put on television because that was where, you know, the association between like the, the, the rainbow umbrella was really cemented because it sort of brought drag culture into the mainstream and drag culture, you know, while it's an offshoot of, of gay stuff, it's not really like, you know, not all of those guys are gay um, or some of them are like trans people. It's a big mishmash. It's like a very, it's a niche thing. And it's not necessarily something that all gay men are into, you know, certainly not all gay men dress in drag. <laughs> so it's, it's just this weird thing that sort of got wrapped up in it. And I feel like South Park really predicted all of this with like that crab people episode <laughs> back in the day day. But I've digressed. South Park was always ahead of the curve. It's so ahead. Yeah. I want to go back to the the flag subject. Um, you know, Brent and I, over the last couple of years, we've, we've connected online with a lot more gay and lesbian people who agree with this mentality that we're talking about here, that the, the focus has very much shifted. It has changed. Like pride is definitely not what it used to be. And, you know, may, maybe it is a sort of like invasion, you know, by the QT I plus QTAI or whatever, all the extra letters that have been sort of tacked onto it and the forced teaming, you know, like, like for example, someone who's dealing with trans issues and feels like they're in the wrong body has almost nothing in common with me and what I go through as, as someone who feels like I, I am the sex I was born as, and I am attracted to the same sex. It's just a totally different thing. So to kind of group all of us together into this community, I, I don't know, I feel like that's one of the reasons we're seeing this uh, blurring of boundaries now. And there's no no more focus on like what this used to be about. Now it's like it can be about anything and anyone to the point where, you know, people would 
dog gimp masks are now their identity as part of pride and they can and straight people and straight people and like you <laughs> call so, themselves queer so it's just i think the focus has very much been lost i know a lot of these uh gay folks and lesbian folks we've met some of them want to also just kind of take back the original rainbow flag <laughs> just because like the whole point of the rainbow was it already included, it already included it everyone, included everyone. <laughs> but think about it it is it's the color spectrum of visible light so like any color combination can be made by Sorry, fusing. We're getting a little new york background yes whatever manhattan guys. i feel like i'm still there with you guys <laughs> but it's like you know the, the the full color spectrum right of visible light it's like you can make any any color out of it that was the point is that it's all inclusive already so to add these like extra stripes and triangles here and circles and this and that it does kind of feel like a colonizing thing um and then i wanted to bring up Lindsay's tweet too because i i also found myself agreeing with you that i agreed with him um i'm not gonna say these are exactly the same thing i'm probably gonna get shit for saying this but seeing some of the images i've seen of these new pride or you know, inclusive flags hanging in rows and stuff all down the streets and cities does give me like a very eerie reminder of pictures I've seen from, you know, the late 1930s when those flags of swastikas first started rolling out onto the streets in Germany. And, and it was very, it was a quick thing too. You know, if you study that period in German history, yeah, there was a lot of buildup to the third Reich taking over, but once it happened, it was like literally like overnight. It's like, Berlin was one thing one night and then the next day you you know you wake up and it's like all those flags are unrolled and they're all up and down the streets and the next thing you know you've you've uh lived through a takeover and a, a power seems- grab has happened and right right under your nose you didn't even realize it and you just walk out your door and you're in a new reality so it's ubiquitous and you know Brentley and I yesterday we went to uh New York City uh City Hall to watch Alex Stein do his thing he interrupted a economic development meeting that was really boring about climate change to pitch his pitch a fake company. But as we were (laughs) it was it was pretty funny. As we were approaching City Hall, I noticed right over the doors of City Hall they had these flags unfurled and hanging down. I wish I'd gotten a photo of it. And it was the old school uh gay and lesbian flag, the rainbow flag, and then it was a transgender flag. And then I think there was the one with the pac-man the 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 devouring triangle of other colors and i just thought like look at look at what's on the build look at what who who this city hall is beholden to what ideology it's beholden to it just it's symbolic and as you said you start to see them everywhere um cole can you put up that tweet that first link i sent you that tweet i just want to point something out and see if first of all if i can explain what i was trying to say here in a better way. And Is this if you, where you got ratioed? Yeah, where I got ratioed. And if you agree or disagree with me. So uh, in the in the thread of that tweet where I'd retweeted Lindsay, someone showed up and said, um, you know, you know j- sarcastically said, oh, imagine if there were, you know, a, Christi- a Christian Pride Month or something to that effect. Um, hold on. I'm not sure if Cole's going awesome. to <laughs> yeah well so i'm gonna see if maybe i can put it up private private chat let me find that link um oh maybe i didn't include it i included the wrong link that's why sorry cole hold on i'm just gonna go grab it so i said sarcastically back i said yeah imagine a, you know, imagine a christian pride month 
where you see the Christian flag unfurled on the top of Capitol buildings, city halls, uh, you know, in the profile, like all the profile pics of- everywhere. Right. Major corporations change their change their logos to include the Christian flag. There's parades, Christian parades everywhere. And so uh, all of the dunking on that happened was people saying that's called Christmas, bitch. Like they were all like, dummy, that's Christmas. No, it's not. It is not. Here's the point I was trying to make. It is not. Somebody told me, oh, yeah, you know, they said something about the movies Elf. And I forget some other Christmas movie. I'm like, I'm sorry. Is Elf a Christian movie? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And and then people were also purposefully taken out of context and saying that I wanted a Christian Pride Month. No, read the thread. I don't want a Christian Pride Month. I can't think of – that would be awful for Christianity. I don't want that. Um, I don't want my religion foisted on the country in the from the government. No. The no. point being – if that were to happen, all of these people, it, it was trying to prove, show the point that isn't it weird that this is a month-long thing with government support, it's ideology, and it's supported by corporations, and it's in yes. all the programming, and you see that flag everywhere. And if there were something that were Christian for a whole month at the Christian flag or the Muslim flag or whatever, all over programming, all in corporate logos, unfurled across the top of Capitol, the Capitol building, parades with the Christian flag. I'm not talking about Christmas. That has been, that has been separated. That is now... A secular yeah. celebration for the Christmas most part. Christmas is mostly, right. I would say, mostly a, a secular holiday in the West now. It's um, only religious for people that celebrate yeah. it in that way. I mean, yes, it, it is a traditional Judeo-Christian holiday, although, you know, we could also look into, like, pagan stuff and all that. But the point is, I think in, in the West, it's not generally celebrated as a strictly christian holiday you know i mean santa claus and all that and again so. all of throughout christmas christmas and santa claus and presents and shopping is what's being promoted yeah. not you know christian values you know a little bit goodwill towards men like a little bit like some of the classic values still some remain the, yeah. it's not like you know you don't see you know crosses everywhere and reminder to like you know thanks yeah. be to god and, and, and we're and you're, we're not seeing like holiday double mastectomies you know what i mean right. <laughs> I'm just right. saying, like, <laughs> right, and it's it's not the same. And if these people saw, I'm I just it, they completely miss the point. I think purposefully, or they're just dense. But it's like no, they're and even you know who jumped in in the on the pylon was Amanda Jetty Knox. Do you guys know who this woman is? No. Okay, let me just tell you about this woman because I recognized her immediately and I replied to her. She she retweeted it with the the standard dunk like it's called Christian, you dummy. Or it's called Christmas, you dummy. But right. I looked at, I was like, wait a minute. Aren't you the woman whose 11-year-old son came out as a trans girl? Then your husband came out as a trans woman. Then you came out as a lesbian because now you're with a woman. Then your 11-year-old trans daughter came out as non-binary. Then you came out as non-binary. That's, is that five comings out? I said, have I missed any comings out? <laughs> what about <laughs> What a mess. I feel like I'm going to have a stroke. Yeah, for real. Five <laughs> comings out. Wow. I only did it once. <laughs> it was enough. Once was enough. Oof. Oh, God. Yeah, where's Mike? Just got on. Did Mike not make it? Yeah, I don't know. Mike Mike has been doing his I hair. I texted him. You know, oh, I, he just texted. He said, what did he say to you? Hair. What did I say? An hour late? I said an hour late. 
He fell asleep. Yes, pop in. Bitch. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Get on here. We're still on. We didn't finish yet. We're still talking. Come we got on. time. This is all I this is all I had scheduled for today. Yeah, yeah. We're good. I was gonna I'm a little bummed. I was gonna I forgot you know Jelaine was this morning. I wanted to go down to the courthouse and yeah, and my, my, shoot some our, stuff. But... Our friends are also playing a show in Brooklyn that we might go to, but I don't know. I'm kinda tired. I don't know if I want to go. Yeah. I told her I told had her. A- Big weekend. So it, was, it was exhausting. So much walking in oh the sun. <laughs> That's why like, yesterday I was like, I didn't go with you guys. I was like, I need to just stay home. I, I had to, I, took I, a really, nap. I, I slept. I, I could not pass up the opportunity to watch Alex Stein perform his art in person. It was te- <laughs> look, it was tempting, it was but so again, I was beat and I was also I got so, I was trying to keep my workouts in in between the shit we were doing too. So I was like, I, can't, doing I don't the think there's a way I can and, show it on the stream, but I got video. So I shot video while he was doing his thing. And one of the things that I did was I zoomed in on the council people and it was just like recording their reactions to his like shenanigans. And I think they actually thought he was like serious. Like they thought he was legitimate representative of Oculus. And out it that was so funny because that one guy in the gray suit like chastised us a little bit and he was like did you guys really just like abuse a public hearing to shoot a commercial for yeah. a product he <laughs> thought it was a real company died <laughs> well i think he did he said oculus right and oculus is a real company it is a real so company. yeah they're like the first but DVR. like you know it, obviously I, well i guess not so obviously you know he's talking about putting people in pods and like you know having sex in the metaverse like to anybody you know with two firing neurons that's a little hip to twitter it's obvious that he's like putting one on but you know to the 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 sort of standard government types who, you know, this is their nine to five bread and butter. They sit there in these meetings and they listen to people express themselves. I doubt it really connected until maybe like later if they see a clipper or, you know, happen to find out who Alex Stein is. Yeah. They really did think he was pushing, he was talking about sex in the metaverse. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, it's not going to be that different. And you know how he talks really fast and he just keeps, and uh, we sat through a boring hearing where they had all these different community members zooming in who were talking about how if you change your windows or so your toilets. Public, public law 97 here in New yeah. York, which is discussing passing it. It's going to uh, enhance the green vibe of the city. It'll probably you know knock up our ESG score a little bit. What it does is it requires any building over 25,000 feet to undergo renovations to bring them in line with all these you know, zero energy emissions, uh, you know, zero carbon emissions and lower energy requirements, forcing them to upgrade all of their internal technology to meet the new requirements. And any new buildings that get built, it puts all this stuff in line with like the Paris Accords. And it's a very, you know, hip. And you can tell by the way everybody's talking about it, they were very excited by the greenness. And then there was one guy, I was paying attention, I noticed one guy came in and was just trying to be like a little critical. He's like, I don't know if we have the actual workforce to meet the demand for the upgrades and the infrastructure that's going to be required because you know this time period because what they're trying to do is have some stuff like by I think 20 uh, 2025 and then some more by 2030 and then more by 2050 and he was like we don't have the current workforce necessary to do those upgrades in this timetable I don't think. And he was just trying to be like a little critical but everybody else was just like singing the praises so they'll probably pass this law 
Yeah. They were, and they were saying things about climate change, like, you know, New York City may not even be here in a few years if we don't do this. Underwater. <laughs> uh, it was over the top. Hurricane Sandy. I can dream, right? I'm going to bring up something. So there was the other big news that happened since I've done a, I think since I've done a Kerfuffy break, is the Roe v. Wade uh, decision. And there was a lot of that stuff happening this weekend as well. I know Alex Stein went and shot some footage with people asking them about, you know, what their beliefs on it. I just wanted to share this. Maybe we could talk about this for a second. These are, I saw a lot of things this weekend. These are probably the three most ghoulish displays that I saw. One was this mom who looks like she's ready to pop eight or nine months, maybe. I don't know. And on her stomach, she's painted not yet human. Yeah, sick. Um, I don't never... really understand this whole this whole idea. I guess it's what they have to do in their heads yeah. in order to justify, you know, ending the pregnancy or terminating the life of the unborn. It's the right, Brent. But it's it, like I've heard like this language of calling it like it was one of the things that uh, you know that we saw this video with uh, Taylor uh, Hansen where he was, you know, just catching this conversation between these two women. And this one woman was just adamant that, like, you know, the fetus was, like, some sort of parasite. Yeah, and I'm that, like, sweetie. Well, not just that. She was saying it, it was not a life until it literally took its first breath outside of the womb. It That's when it was a life. Yeah, it doesn't like, make any sense. Like, where, what is the basis of that argument? Like, oh, as it's soon good. as it takes a breath outside of the womb, now it is a life. And before then, it is, it's just be, at least be, like, genuine in your argument. And this is why I do I do kind of agree with gothics and the extreme stance she's decided to take on it, where she's just like, I'm going to just call it murder from now on. And, you know, if you support it, I respect it. If you just say, I support murdering babies, just use the word murder and I respect it more. It sounds harsh, but it's like, just say what it is, guys. Like, say what it is. It's, it's, well, it's, it's also narciss- kind of narcissism because they believe that the definition of life or human is dependent upon their will. Yeah. It's not dependent on upon your will. If she were to miscarry, well, it would be a baby because you wanted it. But if but if if she aborts, then it's it's not a human like that doesn't make any sense. It's not dependent upon whether or not you want to have the child. Go to the next image. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was another ghoulish one. This is a mom for anyone who's just listening. It's a picture of a mom with her three kids and her husband. And she has a sign. She's standing there using her kids as props. And the sign says, don't force this on anyone. Yeah. This one really struck me. Actually, I think Josh Slocum shared this. And that was how I saw it initially. And just, man, what an evil, evil thing. Like, just look at this. How does anyone think that there's anything okay with this? I feel so freaking bad for these kids. Like, this is how your parent views you. You're something that is forced on people if if they don't a burden you know, as opposed to a gift it's a burden because what you you couldn't close your legs and be more responsible with your decisions it's like look man like bear the consequences that's what it comes down to is people don't want to be t- women specifically it seems don't want to be told to maybe be a little more responsible for themselves yes we know there are exceptions rape things like that like we know those those things exist, but that does not make up the vast majority of what we're seeing as abortions. 
So what are we seeing? It looks like we're seeing mostly abortion used as contraception. And I think this is why so many conservatives are fed up with it because they're like, this is not how society should be treating something like this so lightly, like it's nothing. Yeah. And then on top of that, we had, I think what really pushed me back, you know, more conservative on this issue was that we were seeing uh, radical lefty legislation and bills for post-birth abortion option. Or peri perinatal. They have all this weird euphemistic language about it, but basically what they're talking about is killing the baby after it's born. And uh, there was one in Virginia that came up and got shot down. I know in New York, we're very like up to the moment, you know, of of birth. You know, they can opt to pull the plug, and then basically you're going to deliver that baby, and it's going to be, you know, they're going to terminate it. And that is what has pushed me back to the right on this issue. You know, I feel, I still think, you know, a woman should be able to choose, you know, she should be able to choose in the first, you know, maybe like until it has the heartbeat, you know, I think that's a good compromise, right? That's like what, eight weeks, seven weeks, maybe the first two months is a reasonable compromise in, in, in my opinion. Uh, but now it's back to the States. So, and, and honestly, this is the way that it should have been. There is no constitutional amendment for abortion. The no. pro-choice lobby never, never lobbied for that, never pushed for it, you know, and the entire, they just sort of rested on the laurels of Roe v. Wade without really understanding that it was a very flawed ruling based on very flimsy, you know, jurisprudence. And, and as soon as we got a conservative majority, they swinged it back. And RBG agrees with you, Brentley. They don't even realize who they, they hold Ruth Bader Ginsburg up as, as a saint. Almost. They put her on those saint candles and stuff. Saint Ruth. <laughs> she is on the record saying that Roe, the Roe decision was a faulty one. And then that, you know, and, and, and her being a pro-choice person said that she wished that the decision had, had been a different one and not that case because, and she explained why from a, from a legal perspective and as a judge, why she thought that was a faulty decision. So I bet you, if she had been on, I think she would have sided with the majority here and they would have been shocked. They would have said, you know, why is she doing yeah. this? She's pro-choice. I've got one more slide to show you guys, and then I think Mikey's joining us. This is the other really ghoulish one I saw, and there's a lot of people in chat mentioning this one. Um, Anna Navarro uses disabled brother and step-granddaughter who has Down syndrome as examples of why women need abortions. I don't know if anyone saw this. She went on CNN. She actually used three family members. There was another uh, niece or someone who has autism that she mentioned. She, she basically was saying, look, I've got family members who have Down syndrome and autism, and and it's really hard and expensive on parents, and that's why we need to have abortions. <laughs> to me, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it, the amount of cognitive dissonance going on there, you know, to basically imply that members of your family should be dead instead of living yeah. because not, the, not just that is classic eugenicism. That's not just classic, like you know, Aryanation sort of thing. Not just dead, like never have existed. Right. Like they should not have existed to begin with. Yeah. To me, that's even worse. It's like you're not even good enough to have a shot at life. It's 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 pretty ridiculous. Like, look, I've talked about it before on, on the show and our show. I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but my mom is cerebral palsy. You know, she was born with a developmental and mental disability. She lives in a wheelchair. Now we know that that's caused from trauma in the womb. It's not like a genetic thing. Typically, it's something, you know, a woman could fall or get hit there or even the umbilical cord could wrap around the baby. The point is they're, they're born developmentally stunted. And, you know, back in the day during, 
you know, the time of eugenics when all that stuff was coming about, someone like my mom would have been like sterilized. They, they would have said, well, you shouldn't have kids. Or they would have told, you know, her parents that she should have probably been aborted if they realized that there was something wrong in the womb, right? Don't, don't have kids. You're going to pass on this illness or whatever. Uh, and the doctors did tell her when she was younger to not have kids just because she, there, there could be complications. Like both of her sisters, I think, had miscarriages or something. And so, thank God she did yeah. because that's yeah. how we got a day. Well, she had two and they both turned out fine. So there you go. She didn't have any miscarriages or anything. And none of us turned out with any like major issues <laughs> I, guess. My nice I don't know how normal i am over here but you know my my point is like i think everyone deserves a shot at life and i think everyone deserves a shot at being a parent you know if, if they truly want that and they can manage it even even someone like my mom and my mom really wanted to be a parent you know hey you're right on time hey. it's like hey. hey you're like blurry and shit Where's your, you're a little blurry. Where's your brick back? Are, are you plugged in? You're not on what Wi-Fi, are you? Run to your bricks. What's that? Wi-Fi. If you're plugged in, you get a higher uh, data rate. It, it can it less. Do people, less do people do that? Oh my god! Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. My Carlo, everyone. <laughs> my Carlo. My Carlo. Hey. Hi. Yeah, you are oh, a little blurry. Just, That's okay. Maybe the connection will sync up in a minute if we just let it go. Yeah. I like the red background there. Sorry. That's okay. Everybody in the chat, please welcome Mike Carlo. You can find hey. him on YouTube at Mike Carlo. You can find him on Instagram at Sleepy Harlow. Back on Twitter at Not Mike Carlo. Yes. And we went over. We talked about pride before you got here. We kind of did a recap. Was yeah. Was there anything you, any yeah. things, any thoughts that you had? Well, it's a we lot to process. I guess now that Mikey's here, we should talk about his like encounter, right? With <laughs> maybe we should bring up the video footage of straight white bro. <laughs> That's Mikey's footage. It is Mikey's footage, but we should pull that up and talk about um, it. I might be able to pull it up on Insta. That was that. That was probably. I wish I'm trying to track down where the rest of it is because like different people were filming different things, but that was it got even crazier after that. that yeah, people say. Show more pride footage. Yeah. Okay. We're going to pull up Mikey's footage of Mikey's encounter. This is the epitome of social justice. It's a straight guy yelling yeah. at a gay guy about how he's anti LGBT and full of hate. Well, and to, you know, to be a little fair here, he was talking to Billboard Chris at first when he said, I'm a straight white guy like you. He was referring to Billboard Chris. But I think he did have this general assumption that everyone who was with Billboard Chris must be straight people, which was not the case. There were four gay men with Billboard Chris that day, all of whom were out there supporting him. So I guess yeah. we're all self-hating gays. Is it ready? I'm others yeah. hating. And turn the volume. Out. And I have no hate for other people. You wake up every day and hate people. How do you have energy for this? No one hates Go home. Anyone. I'm a gay man and I don't want you people speaking for me. Cutting up fucking children. At what age does a little girl oh, have the no. right to a double mastectomy? You don't fucking speak Bro, for me. You ain't liberal. You don't control shit. You don't. I'm a straight white guy just like you, and I have no hate for that. Almost poked his eyes out with the gesturing. Mikey, yeah, you're, you're Italian hand gestures. I love it. 
I love it. Did you see Tina said on Twitter, she was like, if uh, Mike Harlow ever goes full Italian and you get those hands, you done fucked up. <laughs> so for anybody, if that was hard to hear, can you, t- can you tell them what you were saying to him? Oh, this guy sucked. He was going off on uh, Chris. And this was right after like a couple people tried to take his phone away and tried to like tackle it to the ground like these middle-aged men. Um, on, I that one too. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so then he came over to bitch at us. I'm trying to find who has the rest of the footage because it got even crazier. He told me. I was trying to tell him. Uh, he was basically upset about Chris's signs. So I was asking him, show me where the sign touched you. But I was like, words <laughs> and he's like, yes, they are. They're very hurtful. So but what you said, what's that? It, in that clip, what did you say to him in case it was hard for for someone to hear? Because there's a lot of screaming. If anybody's listening to this, what did you say in the clip we just watched? Oh, I said, uh, I'm a gay man and you don't represent me. You don't speak for me. I don't want you people speaking for me. Um, and the question that I keep asking these people because they keep saying they keep framing it as though it's about rights and equal rights and all that so the question i keep asking at what age does a little girl have the right to a double mastectomy because they're given they're being given to girls as young as 12 and 13. i never get an answer though yeah they don't want to talk about that very good question i have the other one pulled up if you want to do that real quick This, you can't really see. This is what I'm talking, and then there was yeah. these guys. These guys. <laughs> I don't know if I'm horizontal or vertical. I can't tell. Um, you know, I want to get both angles. <laughs> He's used to doing this shit. And these chicks being like, oh, you're so brave. Yes, dude, that's exactly what I was thinking, man. I'm like, this guy is over here trying to get chicks. Like, look how progressive I am. I support my gay friends and stuff. You want to come home with me? Like, I'm telling you, that's definitely what this is, man. Like, they're, they're used to their, like, their allyship. Yes. Winning yeah. them these like these social points like this social credit like and then they get the pat on the back and they're like you're so brave man you stood up for those kids you stood up man Good Greg, for you. Greg the yeah they look like feds they do they go i'm telling you as a as a woman yes they do they're like kind of like i'm a, i'm a male feminist yeah i always like to ask when guys say that i'm like what does that mean i always like to ask really clueless one guy i was having a conversation with in a group of friends and i had just met this one guy who was there and he says you know well, I've had to explain to my dad all about, you know, misogyny. And he's like, I'm a male feminist. I've, I've had to tell my dad what it's like for you guys. And I was like, what, what is it like for us? What do you mean? <laughs> I just like to figure out, get to the nitty gritty. What do you mean? Oh, well, the, well, the wage gap and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but the wage gap isn't real. You know that if you isolate out pe- people, women who haven't taken time off from the workforce to have kids or if, if women that stay in the job force and continue climbing that ladder, they actually make more money than men. <laughs> they're like yeah, well <laughs> but they should get paid the same anyway carrie even <laughs> if they don't work as much come on equality and shit equality and shit what, what ended yeah. up happening with this guy though he eventually a few minutes later told me to check my white cis gay privilege yeah but so he doesn't have to check his 
I'm gonna put this on screen. Wait, where is it? Because this is my husband's. My husband's here today. It's not a super chat. Hey! Why isn't it a super chat, Anthony? I'm kidding. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> he says he says he's most likely a recently reformed gay basher, and I think that's the thing is a lot of these people, yes, they Maybe. come out of, and you see you see their real instincts come out when they get pushback from like someone like Mikey who's gay pushes back or online on Twitter. You see this all the time. You see these white leftists who will very quickly start using the N word because they just they're recently come out of being. They think they're anti-racist now, but yeah. they still hold all these superiority views. That guy has a superiority view. He's going I, to Pride. There might be something and yelling that. at a gay guy. Maybe there is like some guilt there. You know, maybe Anthony's correct. Shout out to Anthony. We were listening to your yeah, record. We love your music, Anthony. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And then Mandy. Rocks. Thank you for the super chat, Mandy. Five bucks. She says I would have gone. To pick up on Carrie. Hey, <laughs> hey, yo, girl, Ooh, how you doing? Anthony, watch out. <laughs> That's what I was there for. That's what I was there for. <laughs> Want to get out of here? Thank you, Mandy, how for the doing? giggle. How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Uh, really yeah, uh, a couple minutes later, somebody checked my white cis gay privilege. So I told him, How dare you? I'm actually a black African woman. And you are being very disrespectful to her. <laughs> <laughs> so so like, Oh, and like, I missed, I missed this. Mr. Stephen Landau's here. Stephen Landau, thanks for the $25. Woohoo. Says, uh, Carrie, I'm sorry I missed you in the city. You guys are doing great work. Stephen, awesome. thank you very much. The same person in New York. And then Casey Wil Wilson says, uh, oh, this is not a super chat. I'm going to read this anyway. How is it more socially acceptable? To be in favor of killing retarded babies than to say the word retarded out loud. That's a very That's good point. Excellent point. That's woke culture for you right there. Yeah, the internal contradictions are evident. You know, little sunlight, little awareness, and you're like, how does this work? Yeah, it makes no sense. You're like it doesn't work. It falls right apart. Yeah. And it's it's funny how many of us were pretty pro-choice, but they've gotten so nuts that it seems like we're all more on the pro-life side at this point. Well, when the, when the pro-choice is now asking for perinatal and post-birth abortions, that's when I'm like, okay, pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. You know, I, like I said, I was, before you got on, Mikey, I was telling Carrie, like, you know, I'd compromise like a heartbeat situation, um, yeah. you know, like two months, maybe first trimester. But the way they, like, they're not happy with that. You know, it has to be like right up to and including the moment of birth. And then like, even sometimes after the moment of birth, and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, my, my big problem really is it being used as contraception. I think that's the biggest issue that we're yes. facing. No one wants to talk about personal responsibility. Like, look, if you're straight people and you're having sex in the hoo-ha, there's a risk that something is going to happen there and there, there are consequences for that. So, like, bear the responsibility or, like, don't open your legs. I don't know. Or just use proper contraception. Use, use, use contraception. And stuff. It's just... But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, I was told. I knew this one girl my age before the time she turned 30, seven pregnancies and five crazy. abortions. That's crazy, what? man. It's like there there has to be like like I'm hesitant to say that like, the government should step in and the government I just, should I want to make a really like, crash joke but I won't. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just like how do we how do we stop that? You know, cuz I can see why there has to be pushback because when you start seeing more and more things like that happening and just like all right, this feels wrong. Like this person's allowed to just 
you know, keep doing what they're doing and pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> and then every time, you know, this happens, they're just like, well, I can kill it. I can kill it. I can kill it. Maybe put a cap on it. Maybe, maybe say like, hey, you get one. You know, like every woman gets one. That's it. You get one. And if it happens again, then it's like, all right, well, now you got to deal with it. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I just Lisa, know you can't. Lisa made keep... a good point in the chat. It's like abortion is not contraception. Yes. It's already occurred. Yes. <laughs> Conception has already occurred. Now yeah. you're terminating a pregnancy. You're ending a life or a potential yeah. life. It's like, and like I'm saying earlier, just be upfront, like what it is that you're doing, you know, say that's what it is. You, you're, you're killing this life in you. Stop trying to use euphemisms and to, you know, use some flowery language to make it sound not like what it is. Here's my biggest, my, okay. So my biggest point, I guess, if I were, if I were to go on a show and they said, you have one minute to say something about Roe v. Wade, it would be, I am so, I am livid at watching these pro-abortion people who in the past two years, we've now found out they're not pro-choice. A lot of them, they're right. pro-abortion yes. and the mask is off. You guys stayed silent during, during uh, mandates for vaccines, mandates for masks. In some mm -hmm. cases you push the mandates. You mm -hmm. are liars. Say Michelle it. Obama is one of those people. Michelle Obama put out a big thing about how oh, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken because women don't have their bodily autonomy anymore. They can't make decisions for their own body anymore. Bitch, that happened two years ago. Yep. And you pushed it. That makes me so... I, yeah. It's hard to explain the level. It's, what is that clue? Yeah. Fire, flames yeah. rising. Yes! <laughs> flames on the side of my face. They have flames. no... They have no moral... There's no moral ground for them to... No. On anymore with that argument and, liars. and that's 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 ignoring the fact that the abortion subject is is about more than one body too you know but yes can't but you can't use this body autonomy you argument can't use the bodily autonomy argument if you supported mandated vaccines yeah. and and I, I, I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second, but I know Alex Stein, you guys, I watched it when it was at your place. He did a video where he went to Union Square and he was asking people about this. And, and I said to you guys, I hope there's footage he did not include where there were some intellectually consistent people who said, yes, I also opposed vaccine mandates. Yeah. Because all he, I hope there was that, because all he showed was person after person. He would ask them, do you believe in my body, my choice? And they said, yes. He goes, what about vaccine mandates? And then they would say something stupid. Well, no, I support those because of public health. That's, that's, that's dumb. That is, a, you are a liar. And nobody should take your opinion seriously ever again because you've demonstrated you don't know what words mean and you're willing to say, I believe in this thing when it suits my agenda over here, but I actually don't believe in this. I don't believe in that women should have the right to control their own body. Why? Because I think the government should be able to force you or your job should be able to force you to take a vaccine or put a mask on. Screw you people. I'll never listen to you again. And that's the biggest reason I don't want to be associated with pro-choice people anymore. Even though I do believe I am technically, I'm like you, Brent. I'm pro-choice up until I, my my beliefs are changing. But it, 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 I, up until the point at which the baby can survive outside the womb, I I don't. I still don't want to be associated with you because the majority of you are not pro-choice. You're pro-abortion and you're liars. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. 
Thank you. Thank you. I, I think I, I, I love love you on your yeah. No, look, I, I agree. And I, I think if these people were more consistent through what we saw with the mandates and if more of these, you know, pro-choice folks with the abortion issue stood up and said, well, we're against the mandates and stuff, I, I would take their arguments a little more seriously. Yes. I would definitely be more inclined to listen to them and to hear them out. But I know quite a few and on my timeline and stuff, people that I know, and it's just, they were totally silent. They weren't saying anything about the mandates or they were openly supporting them and saying, we need to do this to protect people, keep them safe. And then as soon as this happens, Roe v. Wade, it's like, they're all gung-ho. They're all posting about this. They're all just like, oh my God, we got to stand up for body autonomy and women's yeah. bodies. And I'm like, where the hell were you people a few months ago? Where the hell were you last year when we I was being segregated for society and, and in my own city, you know, where I live. And it's just, and then people were trying to like gaslight me, like nothing was happening. Like I was choosing this, like I was doing this myself. It's crazy. I, I would feel differently, I think, about abortion if we were maybe living in the dark ages or something. And there were, you know, because I, I believe in choice. And you have about 27 different ways to exercise your choice. Not this one, though. There's so many different ways. It's not, you know, in the age we live in, there are a million different ways that if you don't want to get pregnant, you cannot get pregnant. It's not like it just magically happens. Yeah. And even if you get pregnant, you know, there's the morning after pill, yeah. you know, and yeah. I think. And, and in a lot of states to it. The other thing people don't get about this ruling is that it doesn't mean all this, like a lot of people are reacting as if the implication is that all of a sudden all abortion everywhere is now illegal. That's not what happened. Like this decision went back to the states. Now we'll have this probably protracted period over the next couple of years where it sort of filters out and, you know, states are going to pass new laws. It's going to be a lot of public discussion. Maybe people are going to have to move. Yeah. Like if you really feel that strongly about the issue, like maybe you should move to a state where, you know, your, your values align with the values of the state, but, you know, take some time to like wait on that and see what, what yeah. falls out of the tree, so to speak here. So we're in a period. Something I'm thinking about too. Um, I think it was Cam who posted about this, but, you know, this should really have us thinking more about as like a culture and a community, maybe creating more of an environment where pregnant women don't feel so like helpless, like they don't have support systems. And, you know, maybe we can create more incentive for women to not feel like they need to have an abortion if as a community, when someone in our community gets pregnant young or something like that and we know it's going to be tough for them we we try to come together and help them a little more give them incentive to keep the baby make them feel like you know you don't have to give this up you know people will be there for you we'll try to help you if you're in a in a in a situation like this and maybe if our culture shifted more toward pregnancy not being this thing that was like dooming you to a life of like servitude but instead like as something beautiful and a gift and it's going to be hard but you're not going to be alone in it because our community wants more kids we want to raise them right i don't know it's just something that's been on my mind you know more support systems for women who are going to have children well, young they, they, so, so they don't have to feel like they have to have the abortion that that's the only option that their life is over you know what i mean but weren't some of these like pro-abortionists like firebombing uh yeah. pregnancy centers that were doing yeah, just the exact thing oh they have been I yeah they've been and they've been spray painting on the side of pregnancy crisis pregnancy centers um if if we're if abortion's not safe then neither are you they've it's even too, gone after pro-abortion ones that's how little these people know 
I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is like, if you know someone and they're young and they get pregnant and they're contemplating the abortion because they're not sure if they can raise the kid or stuff, like be the person who steps up and says, you know, look, I'll, you know, I'll help drive you here. I'll, I'll, you know, get some diapers for you once in a while, you know, bring, bring them over like a bag of groceries or something. If you know that, that they're struggling to see what's with. available in your community, because yeah. there are resources available for pregnant women, especially yes. from, you know, Christian organizations yeah. and, and, and pro-life organizations, Just, you know, create a general community environment that says, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a kid and that, you know, uh, what's, what's Can the I, old saying? Well, like, uh, it takes you, a tribe to raise a kid. It takes, sure. takes a village to raise a kid. That sort of mentality. I mean. say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying the state owns your kid, but what I'm saying is, you know, just to be there for each other more in, in a communal way, you know. Oh, we lost, we oh, lost, we lost Carrie, Carrie for a second. She'll be back. That's the Mike Carlo so and Mikey, Dangerous how, Rhetoric how Show. Have you been? Oh, you wonderful. Heard? I'm just uh, recovering from <laughs> all the crazies of Pride. I wish we got it on camera, by the way, when we were walking down that street and the entire block was shouting. <laughs> Us. We got some. We got a little bit. I yeah, got a little got bit of the end where we were getting booed there. I was at that point. I was so low energy. I was just oop, New York. Um, I was just, <laughs> that gave so me new energy though. I was I was just like shouting at people. You're like reinvigorated. I thought yeah. it was funny that she like managed to get the crowd to go and like I, I yelled at one of the, the gay guys there that just started to boo. I was like, oh okay, so somebody yells something and you just automatically believe what they say is true. And he looked at me and he was like, yes. huh. <laughs> like you could see the like gears turning, and I walked away. But That's the thing, though. Some people, um, some people asked me, "Why are these people so nuts?" And I told them, "I promise you, these people have never heard anything you're saying before in their lives. They've never heard a different point of view in their entire lives." I know because I used to be like them. I mean, not that nuts, but yeah, they're so insulated that yeah. anything, anything that challenges them, they immediately perceive as hateful. And well, it's not it, an accurate it, perception. I think it's because they identify with the ideas. Like they, they are the ideas. They feel like you're attacking them as a person in a sense. They take it personally. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you to the chat for bumping us up. We are now at 619 subs. That is really cool. We do appreciate that. <laughs> Which is like almost 30 more from where we were at the beginning I think of the that's like the most influx of subs we've ever had at like at one at point once. in time yeah so that's really cool so you guys are awesome and i love the contributions everybody is. get us a thousand get us a thousand come on yeah, there's she has returned i think my rant got too hot and then my <laughs> overheated <laughs> it overheated the flames from the side of my face <laughs> thank you guys for holding it down oh it's this no problem. what we do friends just yes, to, I the, was show, like, the show must go the on. Show must the show go must go on. <laughs> oh man! I was going to uh, say though, I think, I think yeah. it's because these people have so many substitutes for a personality. They think sexual orientation is a substitute for a personality. They think their politics are a substitute for a personality. So you take those yeah. things away, and there's no there there. Yeah. What they're not realizing is like, I don't know. I view like I'm not saying when we criticize identity politics, I'm not saying that having one's identity you, like, I'm not, oops, isn't important like to figure out who one is, right? And one's identity is an important thing, obviously, but I think they reduce identity to these really simplistic things like that, like your skin color or your sexuality, when identity is multifaceted. And it should always, I think, just come back to the individual, because when you look at how multifaceted identity is, you'll realize everyone really is unique. 
even people who are very, very similar, no one's 100% the same. So what is our identity really? You know, it's, it's a whole collection of things. It is not one thing. I'm not just a gay man. You know, that's like one little piece. I, I won't say little, obviously it's important and it's a big part of who I am, but it's just a, a facet of my identity. It is not the totality of my identity. And I but, think what we're doing with these people is it becomes that for them. It's the most important that. thing for them. And as Mikey was saying, sometimes it's not even the, it's also their ideology, their belief system, what you were saying that becomes that all these different things become identity, not just race, sex, sexuality, but their very beliefs become who they are. So that if you disagree with their beliefs, they get, they feel so personally yeah. triggered. Like, yeah. why are you're you personally attacking me? You're disagreeing with their like very existence. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they feel like, you know, if you're any sort of minority, if you're black, if you're gay, they will just hand you, okay, here's your entire, here's the entire black, gay, whatever platform. Here's all your beliefs. Here's everything you're entitled to think, say, like. And the thing that's interesting is like, if they believe that being gay is a naturally occurring thing, which of course I do, if you're just, you know, I don't like when they say born that way, but whatever, if it's something involuntary, then how can a person be gay and not have to be part of this cult? How is there any way to avoid that? There isn't. These people think that they control you from birth. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same with race. I mean, look at how Clarence Thomas is being treated right now and yeah. how he's oh. being talked about simply for voting the way he did on the decision. So it. it's I think uh, Adam Coleman just put an article out. I think it was the New York Post, right? He's always yeah, doing the New York about this, you know, this very subject of how liberals, I guess, just seem to think they could just get away with saying all these racist, horrible, nasty things about a black man if that black man is from the other political camp. Oh, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's when their real true selves come out because they'll use the N-word on yep. black people who are conservatives or black people they don't like. They'll use it immediately. Kind of like that straight guy at Pride. He didn't go there. He didn't use a slur against you. But yeah. I could see that kind of person doing that because it's that weird superiority complex <clears throat> where... They still keep the superiority and the bigotry, but now they they believe that they're anti-racist or that they're they're allies or something. And it's like it's Robin DeAngelo. That's exactly Robin DeAngelo is like that. She she talks about in her book White Fragility, which they hold up as a bible, you know, of, of this belief system. She was racist. She she is racist. She talks about going to a picnic and not wanting to sit with the black ladies. And the thing is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she talks about that. But then she says all white people are like me. And now we have to like become anti-racist. I'm like, no, you still have all of your same superiority views. You do. But now you say I'm anti-racist. I'm still she still judges and treats black women differently than she does white women. She still treats them differently. You know what I mean? Like she still judges. It's still all about race to her. Um it's I'm gonna so funny too because that um Oh, sorry. I was just that uh, straight bro at Pride. He a few minutes later told me I, I need to check my white cis gay privilege. I was like, oh, so you people don't actually believe that there is any sort of LGBT whatever they came up with. It's just trans mania. It's all trans all the time because now gay people are privileged. But you were just claiming that there are these people who need to be protected from words. Only the white ones, Mikey. Only the white ones. Yeah. And you That's are... What people don't get. Gay is not at all on, like, the progressive 
a hierarchy. You are particularly pale, so you know your lack of melanin means you're extra, extra privileged. No gays on there. It's just it's always it's like the stock. It's always the stock market. Things are just moving. The the privilege stack is constantly changing. You know, right now we've got black trans women are do, having their day and the, buy it buy into that one. But like there, it's always moving, and there's new there's a new group that's trans more is marginalized. The most oppressed group are the one-legged, eye-patched, trans, black, okay. lesbians. Okay. Like Harry Reid's mysterious. Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Dan Crenshaw. I think that, that I think there's a super chat that says that Daniel. G man for ten dollars. Hello, G man. Haven't seen you in a while. Thank you, sir. He says my sister says she can't imagine a woman being forced to keep an unwanted baby. But I think a much more common situation is a woman being pressured to have an unwanted abortion from parents or baby daddy. Yeah. Hmm. That's a really that? interesting point. You know, like it can happen both ways, right? Like you, it's something that we have to consider. And in the a culture where abortion is just sort of seen as just this, like it's a quick little, you know, thing. And a lot of cases, you know, if you talk to women who have had abortions, they've come to regret it. Yeah. You know, a lot of women have can even have some sort of like PTSD or yep. a variant of it due to the abortion because of the guilt that they feel. And these are not things that we talk about as a society. You know, it's just supposed to be, it, it's this whole idea of female empowerment. Well, if you have to, kill your pregnancy in order to feel empowered it's in order to advance your career you know maybe that's just like a little too dark-sided for us as a culture or maybe you should think about that that as you know just consider for a moment that's dark-sided you know you're ending a life so that you can accrue more financial success to yourself like yeah. it just sounds a little dark to me i don't know. I, I, I think it's also an excuse too i don't think you have to like give up being a parent just to have say a successful career it might be harder for you to juggle those things but there are plenty of women out there who have very successful careers and still raise kids and are good parents like brett and i one of our favorite authors um she raised five kids and has written multiple books and while she was raising kids she was like working and then reading a book a day on top of that while doing all the housework and all the other things she had to do she didn't make any excuses and say oh well now i'm a mom so i don't have time to pursue the things that i really want to do that i love because i have these kids and they're such a burden so let me just give all that up it's such a it's the wrong way to look at it if anything having kids should be your motivation to want to succeed in all the other things that you're doing in your life they should become like almost that fire that that burns in you that keeps you going to keep pursuing those things right but it's like come on, women like you can have a successful career and still be a mom you don't have to sacrifice one for the other i don't believe that might be well, harder. Like I said, make your make your choice. You have a thousand different ways to make your choice to not get pregnant, to avoid getting pregnant. There are a million things you can do. It's not like we're lacking in modes of birth control. So make your choice. Just don't make this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna run through these quickly. Thank you guys for the super chats. I just don't want to. We've only got a little bit of time left. So Cheeky Mayor five dollars says missing you in New York, but I was ready to get back to my own bed. Oh, honey. I'm sorry I didn't see you. We were so crazy busy. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, <clears throat> same. I was happy to get back to my bed. Andrew Joyner, three lira. I'm kidding. I know it's pounds. I know now. <laughs> Super sticker. Thank you, sir. There's no more lira. <laughs> and Mandy again, the Russian bot. Speaking of my body, my choice, I just got triggered to light a cigarette. I tried to fight <laughs> it, but I guess I have no choice. Damn you guys. I'm Mandy so jealous. I want one. I may. 
I may be remembering wrong, but did you, Carrie and Mike, uh, join Disaffected Zoom to watch Mommy Dearest late last year? Yes, I did. Were you there? Yes. I would go anywhere to watch Mommy Dearest. Any excuse uh, to watch Mommy Dearest. We have, we have to watch it with Josh. Definitely have then, to watch yes. <laughs> Mandy, again, Mandy, 20 bucks. As a she, dude trapped in a female body, there are a few female friends I have who are mothers and they pressure me daily to have kids. I don't want to. And because of this, they tend to bully me for, quote, not understanding. Wow. <laughs> See, it's like a whole other aspect to it. It's like, you know, mommy supremacy. <laughs> yeah. it, it, no matter what we do it, as people, we tend to get tribal and like, you know, uh, almost egotistical about our membership in the tribe. And we try to promote or proselytize the values of the tribe. And it just, that's human nature, right? That's uh, one thing I... I I, I just thought of now that maybe there's something to this about why maybe abortion is starting to bother me now more later in life is people, I'm straight people. I'm talking to you guys now. A lot of you guys really do take for granted the fact that you can make a child, that you don't have to front any money to do that, that, you know, you can just go meet a nice man or lady and, make a child. This is something that you guys really take for granted. And it's something that, you know, gay men and lesbians later in life have to deal with, struggle with, you know, some of us want kids and can't have them or we can't afford them. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's just something about the fact that so many straight people out there who can have kids decide to just kill them. And here I am as someone who would love to have kids and would love to have that opportunity to be a dad. Um, but I can't do that in the traditional way. It's just, I don't know, it kind of breaks my heart a bit. It's like, damn, you guys can do this. You have this, like, really special ability that you, you just take for granted, you know? Right. Plus, people, people discount. Um, I see a lot of people in the pro-abortion side, and I am going to start calling them the pro-abortion side because, as I mentioned earlier in my rant, I don't think they're pro-choice, a lot of them. Um, but they, they always discount. They seem to discount a, adoption. And yeah. they'll say things like, I actually, I wonder if they know any conservatives in their life because they'll say things online about, you know, oh yeah, you conservatives, like you're going to adopt these kids. Yeah, actually, I, I know I've, I've come to know several, many conservatives in the past two years and I know many who have adopted. Um, and, I, and, and some of the, those people are Christian. Um, some are not, but I know I'm trying to think of, I know, I know lefties who've adopted too. But I know a lot of conservatives who've adopted, and I I have two two of my cousins, two of my cousins are adopted, and I just think about I don't know like what what if what if they didn't exist because I, my mind goes to these places yeah. you know kind of like that, that's kind of where I am too on this. Yeah. I want to address this comment here by uh, T Zach Double O Seven. Not all of us straight couples can make babies. My wife and I struggled and had to go through IVF route. It was a very expensive adventure to get our two little ones. Uh, I'm aware of that, you know, and I definitely was not trying to imply that all straight people have, you know, the ability to do this. I was implying most do. That is the default, right? Because you're heterosexual. Uh, I know there are people who struggle with infertility. Um, we had Starson on our show recently, a couple episodes back, and this was one of the subjects we discussed on the show because she struggled with that, with infertility. And yeah, surrogacy, all of that is expensive. And this is what's what a lot of people don't realize and we talked about in the show is like you could go through that whole process pay for it 
and it could fail in the end and you lose all your money. And in order to get, you know, to do it again, you have to front all that money all over again. So it's expensive and there's no guarantee that it's, that it's going to work, you know? So it's, it, it is difficult. Um, I understand why people take the surrogacy route and a lot of heterosexual couples do that as well. But. There's also, I, I mean, I'm just going to promote this maybe at the end after this is done, um, we've done streaming. I might link this interview cause it blew my mind. You guys would be probably interested in this too. I just interviewed Mary Lou Singleton, who's a midwife, and she is just full of information. She had all this information about surrogacy and about in vitro fertilization that made me even question going that route if I'm not able to conceive and made me be more of like, well, then maybe adoption's the route for me. I'll just put that out there. Go watch that interview. It might blow your mind. It might not, but she she's brilliant and she knows a lot of things. She what, What's that old quote? from game of thrones i drink wine and i know things yeah. <laughs> i drink and i know things oh, yeah <laughs> i don't know if she drinks wine but she knows things she knows things excellent yeah i have a i have a big glass stein with like a little image of Tyrion on it and then it says i drink and i know things yeah. that was from the renaissance fair i think right? no no that was from uh, comic-con are you sure it's like 99 percent sure we've done a bunch of things together so <laughs> mikey since you joined us last and we're going to be wrapping up soon any thoughts about this week all the craziness pride roe v wade everything that's going on in the world what's going on with you <laughs> it was great i was just glad to have you here um and i'm glad you know i think something i said this last time with the event that you did where people were protesting you and so and now this one where some people were yelling at us i hope that people can see that and learn to not be afraid and learn that you may be if you speak up if you go places if you voice your views you might be uncomfortable you might get you into an argument but you're going to be okay nothing's going to happen to you you're not going to be hurt you're going to live so hopefully yeah. it'll make people less afraid to speak up because i think that's the problem that's what brought us to where we are now is people refusing to speak up and they've just sort of allowed this false picture of reality to be painted where we're led to believe that 99% of the country are basically just communists and we're just this crazy little 1%. It's not true. So people need to speak up and you're going to be okay. You know, if the worst thing that happens to you is you're uncomfortable for a couple minutes, you'll live. So well, hopefully to, we can show people that. To build on that though, you probably will be okay, but you might also not like just to clarify like it can be dangerous and even though we went out there and we were fine and nothing serious happened to us serious things can happen to you uh people can be really unhinged and crazy and we were lucky this time but if anyone's interested in knowing more go listen to our episode with billboard chris about all the things that he's he was doing up to this right he has been attacked he has had his arm broken um things can happen to you it is definitely a risk <clears throat> to speak the truth and to go out there on the street and to do it in the way we did it so we were very fortunate but i think you're mostly right in that for the most part you're probably going to be okay you most know, you of the time you'll be okay most of the time you'll be fine yeah yeah make choices to mitigate the risk i mean yeah. that's a that's one thing i noticed is uh we had, out. We, that was my job we actually. had security in numbers so there was a big group of us and i was actually thinking about like 
what is this like for Billboard Chris? And yeah. I've, I've, I've talked to him too before about, and I know, I know he had his arm broken, for example, but what is that like being alone doing alone. this? Could you yeah. imagine him out there uh, alone he's when he got, got circled? Yeah. Balls of steel. That guy has balls of steel to go out there and do yeah. that. You know, cause I, I was nervous just, and I didn't even wear a billboard. I wasn't wearing one that day. And one of the reasons I chose to not do it was I kind of wanted to hover around the group and just keep an eye out and be the muscle <laughs> if I had to be. Because again, you know, I, I knew that something crazy could happen. Um, I wasn't even there. I, I, thought I was the muscle. You were the muscle. <laughs> I wasn't even there when Chris's phone got slapped out of his hand, for example. Um, me and Matt had went to get, go get water and that was when all that happened and we showed up after while those guys were there oh yeah mikey so i missed that whole part but i'm i was actually kind of glad i wasn't there because if i would have saw that happen i may have gotten a little belligerent with the person who did it so i'm kind of i was a little glad i was a like, good thing i wasn't there because my jersey would have came out and i don't know i might have were two older guys they were so livid and by the way Someone on Twitter, uh, you know, Billboard Chris posted that footage. They did. They physically assaulted him yeah. in that. They reached out and swiped yep. at him and knocked yep. his camera out of his hand. Uh, I they, they lunged a few times. I was just, but they, there was someone on Twitter who said, um, well, this is out of context and, and you shouldn't be filming people who they, they look upset to be filmed. You shouldn't be filming them. And I was like, no, 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 no. We were not filming people who didn't want to be filmed. We weren't filming them. I was taking a photo of Chris the camera wasn't pointed anywhere near them anyway. Not that it couldn't have been, but it wasn't. And you don't even but, have to explain that. But I don't have, but, but the point, I don't have to, but the point is no, we weren't going up to angry people and go, putting a camera in yeah. their face. You dumbass. Yeah. No, they, he, I was taking a picture. They, their anger bled over into towards us and they yeah. wanted to be aggressive. And they so then, for then sure. Chris started filming. And I'll tell you what, if you do go out and do this, you should be filming. And as you yep. said, Daniel, you don't have yeah. to excuse it. You, you have a right to film in public, public. because when things yeah. like this happen, you want that record. Yeah. And you also want to maybe mitigate them, prevent them from hitting you because they can see you're filming it. And also, so, there's, there's yeah. people everywhere filming during a pride parade. What yeah. they're mad about is you're filming them in a context that they don't want to be filmed. But look, tough shit. If you go out there into a public space, especially in New York City, you're going to get caught on camera. You're probably going to get filmed in some way, especially if you're at a giant, large event like that. So it, there is no argument there. They're, they're just, they were mad about what was, what was on the signs. You know, they were mad about what we were there to have conversations about. And, you know, I was seeing on Twitter, people were accusing us of like going there to start trouble or that we were yelling at people during the, we were, we were not. We walked. That's it. No chanting happened. No yelling. Like whoever people wanted. People yelled go, at us. They yelled at us. And you know, I know back at some people. And you know, Mike, I know Mike. At. Mike was yelling back at the guy who was yelling in his his face. But again, these were people who approached us. They came up to us. We did not yeah. go up to anyone and yell at them. We did not march through and chant anything. We just walked through. Had the signs. Anyone who wanted to come and talk could talk. And that was the point. Was to have these conversations. One of the things I saw on Twitter too, someone was criticizing like, oh, well, why would you go to a pride event um, with a sign like that unless the point was to just provoke people, you know? It's a totally inappropriate. Because we can. It's not even just because we can. We can. It's also the most perfect place to go to have these discussions. Yeah. What kind of argument is that? Like, oh, well, it's inappropriate to go there to talk about these things because it's going to make people feel threatened. It's Well, where else are we supposed to go talk about these things? Yeah. Then yeah. in a quote-unquote LGBT space in which these are the things being 
propagate it, right? And where we want to get opinions from people about these subjects. Of course, we're going to show up at a Pride event. Also, we're gay. Are we not allowed to come and like do Pride our yes. own? Yes. No, but LGBT has nothing to do with gay people. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just the Democrat yeah. Party platform, as evidenced by straight bro. <laughs> Them he would yeah. be considered LGBT, but we wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah. What, what I was going to say, though, is like, you know, it's one thing if you're doing what Chris does and going over. It's one thing if you're going to up to Antifa, you're going to friggin' Portland. Don't go to Portland. But yeah. like, I think most of the time, these people are very much not used to hearing different opinions and they're all taught like so many different people when we were walking down this one block people sitting at the outdoor cafe this is like one guy was like screaming and i would i would just start screaming back i'm like come over here come over here they never do like yeah. they're, they're very comfortable shouting things from 30 feet away but that's all so there, there was a flip side to that I noticed as well. And again, I was someone who didn't have a sign on and I was very much kind of hovering around you guys, but I was also watching a lot and listening a lot. And I remember at least two, three times people walked by us and read the sign and I overheard them say lowly to someone next to them like, oh, I agree. Or, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're right. They're right. But they would never stop either. And I think part of the, you know, part of what we're seeing is that there, there probably are a lot of people there who do agree with us that we don't even realize agree with us, who are afraid to stop and to talk to us and to let us know that they agree with us. Because as soon as they stop, they are also going to be singled out. People are going to see that they have now stopped and that now they're talking to us and they might have exposed as agreeing with us. <laughs> and there I think was that the, there was the two black, so I, as we were going to eat, there were these two young uh, black women. They were taking doing a photo shoot at Pride. One was taking a photo of the other. She was kind of bidding. I remember her. this. And yeah. so I put my umbrella over her for the picture. And she was like, oh, oh, the umbrella. Let you. And, and they start taking more photos of me holding the umbrella for her. And then, and then she's like, let me get a picture with you. But I still have my sign on. I was like, you may not want to. You may not like my sign. And then she stops and they both read the sign. She's like, I love your sign. And, and they, yeah. And the other one's like, yes, queen. And, and this is something I found. And it just, just as a personal experience uh, in my day-to-day -day life, whenever this issue comes up, it seems to me there are more black women who question the gender ideology as being pushed on children. And whereas there's more white women who don't question it and who in fact push it. Probably. That's just my yeah, what well, I seem to have noticed, but Peter Feliciano, he says the same thing. That's his general <laughs> observation. Uh, and the sign that you were holding, if I recall correctly, was the one that said uh, children are not born in the wrong bodies or no yeah, child yeah. is born in the wrong body. Correct. I think that was yeah. the one. you had. So, you know, maybe maybe they saw that and thought it was like pro trans or something. I don't, no, I don't know. I you know they knew what it meant. I could. Okay. I, anyway, that's yeah. what I think in my heart. They were like, yeah. yes. I remember you posing for that picture, though, and I also thought the same thing. I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to see her sign and be like, get away from me, bitch. No, they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah. But I just say, I also, somebody says the sweetest troll. Look, that's my method. This one guy, hand, he was going to hand me a, um, <clears throat> at the beginning before we had our signs on. He was going to hand me a bandana, and it said, just women's sports. And I said, oh, what does that mean? Does that mean like just biological women in sports and women's sports. And he said, Oh no, it's nothing turfy. And I said, Oh, okay, well I'm turfy. So you you can have it back. And he, and they don't, if you're just kind, they don't know what to say. He's like, I uh, still don't get what that means though. <laughs> just women's sport. Like what else? It might've been mean? a channel. No, it might've been a channel or something. 
Oh, a brand. Like a brand. That's just but, women's sports. Yeah. No, no men's sports. Exactly, so, though. But, no, no, they, but they was, inclusive. Yes, women. they would include trans women in that. That's what he means. That's what he means. Or whatever, you know, whatever women's sport event happens to be. They're probably like a channel or like a, an app or, you know, something like that that just broadcasts, you know, female leagues, you know, competitions and stuff. And trans and now, women. Well, because now that they're <laughs> well, now we should receive so um, there was pushback. I think they can't go to the Olympics, if I'm recalling correctly. There was some they changed something yes. and now there's like a cap where they can't go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for hanging out today. We're gonna wrap this up. Um, I appreciate you all three giving your time, your insights. You guys, we we have we still have 115 people here. Go to Dangerous Rhetoric, hit subscribe. We're going to try to get them over the 700 hump. Go to Mike Harlow. How's if it? If you haven't already, hit subscribe on YouTube. I have a new video out this week, finally. He's got a new finally. video coming out about cults. These guys are going to put up more of the footage from Pride. You can go check out the footage. Find them online, on Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It was cathartic to talk about everything that happened. And, uh, and we'll see you guys later. So peace out guys. Thanks Later. chat. Guess to a thousand. <laughs> 608. I'm kidding. A thousand. We're like 625 now. Yeah, we're so. way up. Whoa, I'm 625. Definitely more than Killed I thought it. we would get. Killed so. Woohoo. Bye guys. We thank you.